Before we get started, I want to make sure I give a big shout out to our friends and supporters of the show, Door Disc Golf. Over the last couple of months, I've had the pleasure to work with the owner of Door Disc Golf, Shane Solomon. Shane is not only an advocate of the sport, but himself a disc golfer. His company, Door Disc Golf, is a premier retailer of the top brands and resources for the disc golf community in town and online. Door Disc also gives back to the local disc golf community by giving a percentage of their gross sales to disc golf course development in the area. Visit them locally in Fish Creek and make sure to tell them cool Daddy Slippery sent you. Then stop by their online store at doordisc.com. That's www.doordisc.com for some of the best and most affordable products on the market. And be sure to check out their Black Friday deals and use the code DGAM to let them know we're in this together and to get yourself some free shipping. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Disc Golf Answer Man. I am Bobby Cool Daddy Slick Breeze. Tonight I have with me the amazing Eric Oakley. How are you doing, Eric? What's good, man? Chilling. Chilling, nice. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. Robert McCall is not with us tonight. He's busy doing some stuff with his uh, boo day job. So yeah, we'll we'll cut him a little bit of slack this time, but we'll see what happens next time. Um, But me and Eric Oakley are here to talk a little bit about some tournament talk. We're going to talk a little bit about some questions you have on speak type and to the Google form. Thank you for sending that in. And we have kind of a hot take. So I don't know. It's kind of not as hot as you think, but but we'll talk about it. And then, of course, yeah. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit of infinite discs with Eric Oakley. I'm sure you've heard by now that Eric Oakley has signed a deal with infinite discs. And, of course, super excited about all the possibilities. Um, yeah, well, you, do you want to just go ahead and d- jump into that, Eric? Sure. Okay. So, um, like I said, if you haven't, if you're not, I'm sure you're following Eric Oakley, but just in case, kind of tell us kind of trend, what transpired. You went on a little trip and all of a sudden we announced things. So what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah. So, uh, after, um, after the shakeup, after leaving DD, uh, I had, you know, a couple of, uh, offers and opportunities and, Infinitus was kind of the the leader of the pack uh, of who I wanted to sign with and kind of offer came in. We got excited. I said, all right, cool. When can I come out there? And that kind of excited them because then that realized that we can do a lot more in person, a lot more hands-on stuff. So I flew out there, picked out a bunch of this, got to really kind of embrace that and feel who they are and what they're trying to do as a company a little bit more and got to meet a lot of the people who work there. Um, and we did a couple of videos and it was just awesome. It was so much fun. I had to go see my family who are in Salt Lake city. They're about an hour and 45 minutes from Logan anyways. And I stayed with my, my buddy Joe uh, up in Ogden. So I just had a nice little 45 minute jaunt up, up there and it was just fun. I got to go play some uh, courses that I haven't played in a long, long time. And, uh, test out some of the new discs and it's always different throwing at elevation, but, uh, I was super impressed there. And ever since I've come back home, being able to rip on the discs, I am uh, still monstrous, monstrously impressed with some of the discs and just how good they are considering I haven't thrown much, you know, haven't m- thrown much outside of trilogy for a lot of years now. So it's, it's really, really nice to see the the other options that are out there and, uh, yeah, just, just loving it. It's, it's been amazing. And, infinite is amazing and i'm stoked well that yeah i you know of course me and you've been talking about different things going on behind the scenes stuff like that so yeah super excited when finally uh, got to announce all this uh i want to know though uh like as soon as the the deal was inked and you knew in your mind you're like all right possibilities open up new discs what were like like three or four of the first ones you're like i really want to get out and chunk uh, try this particular disc uh the emperor was one okay that was it's uh basically infinite destroyer like disc and uh i had already heard from both eagle and calvin that it went 
farther than their farthest flying discs. Wow. And we're talking two dudes who absolutely pump. And I've watched Gigi throw him, but I wasn't sure if it was a destroyer or an emperor when he was ripping on it because or a wraith because he just sends it and it goes farther than most people throw anyways. Um, so that was one that I was super excited to see what I could do with it. And it's actually really good for my arm speed. I'm able to hammer on it, uh, get some really, really effortless distance, um, which is which is amazing. Uh, another one that I heard a lot about is the Castaplast Burke. Mm-hmm. Yep. I one of these bobbies. No, it's, I haven't, but I keep hearing it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's an amazing throwing putter. It's not like an approach disc. It's only a throwing. It's you can hit it as hard as you want. It goes the exact amount of distance it's going to fly and then drops out of the air. No skip. Like nothing has very little hyzer, very little turn, and you can hit it hard and it just kind of goes dead straight. It's really, really nice and offers some crazy versatility. Um, another disc that I was kind of uh, excited about on the mixed bag side was uh, was the Zone and the Buzz from Discraft. Those two discs are, I was always wanting to throw a Buzz and see what I could do with it. And I'm really loving it right now. Um, it's got a little more integrity uh, than what I than I had in other mid ranges, and uh, the zone is a disc that I didn't realize that I was missing out on. But I was using a felon or a justice to kind of work in that same slot. I never really liked the harp, but the zone is its own thing, and it's fantastic. And then lastly, the alpaca. The alpaca mm-hmm. is is identical to a P two. Uh, that I used to throw a lot when I was with Dismania and it was a disc that I loved throwing. I loved putting and it really got me, uh, it was probably one of the big discs that I like was searching for in uh, the trilogy lineup and never really found because the best part about the alpaca is that I can, uh, I can hit, I can have a brand new alpaca and it'll be my overstable alpaca for throwing. And then I can have two other alpacas for different stages of wear and they all feel the same. And then as as putters go, they feel amazing. And I can use some of the, even those beat up uh, softer ones for, uh, for approaches and longer putts, which is great. So the change never, uh, the, the feel in my hand never changes when it comes to putting and and it works really well. And, you know, a couple of discs that uh, were awesome are not, I didn't talk about is like, you know, I have, you know, a a chariot, which is very similar to the buzz and it offers a nice versatility. Um, And it reminds me of the MD threes that I used to use to throw. And it's, it's different because I could see myself ending up bagging both of them because the buzz goes a little farther. The chariot flies more like a traditional mid range. And I could see myself doing like in between fairway shots is bumping up to that buzz when I want just really controlled, uh, and don't want the disc to get away from me. I can throw that chariot. So who knows? Like, I think that's the, the most fun part about all of this is that the bag is uh, going to be really exciting. And I, can have this diverse bag if I want to, even though I've talked about being a, a minimalist in my bags in the past, but this way I can, um, I can do it a different way. And I think that that's, it, it's, it offers a really, really cool versatility now. Okay. So yeah, I mean, immediately I'm sure your mind went, Oh my gosh, I can have so many, so much to choose from. So is that a little bit overwhelming to have so much freedom in what you can pick? It can be. I don't think it is as much as, as I thought. Okay. Because I already had a, a clear cut line of what I was going to be throwing. Gotcha. And now it's about just trying out discs to see what they can do. Yeah. Awesome. So I think that's just the fun part about all of this. Well, one thing that I was really impressed with and super excited about, and already it just kind of talks about the the uh, uh, the partnership that's going on is immediately you have Eric Oakley's signature discs ready to go out on the infinite discs site which is a fantastic to me it's like yes boom they are re- they are ready to go which is awesome so tell us a little bit about the what discs they have available out there uh, right now all you can get is scepters there was some Exodus which is a you know t-bird to uh, Explorer evader flying disc loving that as a fairway driver by the way the scepter is a felon or a firebird or a raptor if you will and absolutely amazing and it's it, it's money I, i've been i've been really jamming on one right now and those are available uh and then they had some uh metal flake uh luster are called concrete emperors and those are a little bit straighter 
perfect for my forehand. I have a bunch of those at the ready, but they launched those. Uh, the Exodus and the Emperor sold out. So they put up some more and they, the scepters uh, are definitely selling through. So they put some of those up as well. And uh was was awesome and that's i think that's the coolest part about this this uh relationship with infinite is if they have these cool discs and they have you know extra stock of blanks we can run a special run and just do a couple hundred every once in a while just to provide some cool stamps and cool product for the fans and 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 then also i get a kickback infinite moves more product so fans get something i get something infinite gets something everybody's winning that's huge disc golf gets better when those things happen so it 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 works super super well but again they were on it right when i got there to have a a disc on release and uh i i can't i couldn't thank everyone enough for just helping make that happen and for anybody just one thank you thank you thank you um super super cool i feel incredibly valued and uh and it's you know this makes it all worth it that's awesome good good stuff and i'm sure we're going to see a lot more uh come next year as you get out there on the course and things like that so so guys make sure you stay tuned to obviously follow eric on his journey and then stay tuned at infinitediscs.com they have they already have a special little link i see here eric oakley signature discs that you can uh check those out very cool also get it quick plug If you go to discgolfanswerman.com, I have a little bit of inventory up of Disc Golf Answerman discs, uh, nice stamp discs. We have some Wardens, some Judge, Emac Judges, and Keystone. I should have some more discs up, up, up there right now. So uh, check them out. Helps support the show. Also, some uh, Disc Golf Answerman well sacks as well. I've already sold uh, one well sack and one disc. Woohoo! So uh, appreciate you guys going out there and checking this stuff out. Um, okay, so let's t- do a little bit of tournament. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I want to come back to this because this is an important talking point uh, about uh, playing with a mixed bag. But first, let's do some sure. uh, Oakley tournament talk. What, what do we got going on as far as tournaments that happened over the weekend? Uh, so we'll talk about the two main ones that I saw. They're both out of California. Shark Tooth Open. Andrew Miranda. I think he's 16. I, I could be wrong. Okay. He, he's a, a DD sponsored uh, June a kid who took down the open division winning in the final nine playing up against a lot of really good players. And, and uh, there was Patrick Welk who had his himself a weekend as well. Austin hoop, Steve Rico, Louis Spitney, Aiden Gerthy come to mind. Kyle Ekman's out there, Alex Lyon, Tommy Ekman. There's a lot of good players that were out there, out there playing. And also in the master's division, David super potato took down uh the that division you know playing some really quality golf andrew miranda denied cash because i believe he's going to be going for a junior world's title uh-huh. uh this upcoming season so really cool to see somebody come out and just you know and, and shred uh and then heading farther south in california sias elmore edged out clint calvin and mario short and nick newton um out at the SoCal Series Championship and a little battle between Owen Scoggins and Holland Hanley, um, uh, where Owen took it down. Uh, Holland, Holland, uh, just a, f- a handful behind, uh, which is always great to see. It's just, it, it's just kind of cool to see the battles keep going, and it, it reminds me that you know disc golf can keep happening through mm-hmm. through this entire time. Absolutely, very cool. All right, let's get to some questions from our audience. This one's first one's from Caleb. Hey, Degam, this is a non-disc golf question here. Bobby, as a podcast host, do you look at current any current podcast with high regard in the way they are able to interview a guest and entertain an audience? I'm thinking mostly of Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard as I write this question. What comes to your mind? What are you listening to these days? I have not listened to Armchair. Um, I actually have my phone here, so we can actually look at the ones that I listen to. I am a big, big big podcast listener. I mean, I think that makes sense, obviously, because I love to do this podcast, but the one I enjoy is called, there's one called the art of manliness. And that's just like various topics that that they discuss. Uh, let's see how to achieve cognitive dominance, uh, a surprising theory on why we get fat, take back the weekend. Um, let's see the surprise, surprising benefits of forgetting. So just kind of a, a whole different kind of, uh, question or things to talk about topics. Another one is the quote of the day from Sean Croxon. That one's a really good one. Just every day has a motivational, uh, quote from somebody that he plays a little clip, uh, uh from somebody that's, uh, in the motivational space. And I just love he- hearing that. Um, and then order of man, another one is like how to be a man. 
I want to be a man, Eric. So that's a really good one to check out. Um, but yeah, and then I want a podcast or a disc golf one that I really like is Brian Earhart. That dude is so good. I love, I even, when I saw him one uh, time, a man. yeah, when I saw him one time, I, I, even, I complimented him because I was like, dude, I love the way you talk, the way you draw uh, stuff uh, out of people and the questions that you ask and the stories you draw from them. I think it's so cool. So if you're not listening to that one, definitely check that one out. Um, I'll have to check out the armchair one to see what that one's all about. All right. Next question comes from, let's go to, oh, Sam just wants to know, name one of your favorite places that you've traveled to. Man, uh, Finland is like everywhere in Finland was amazing. Uh, but if I had to say something that's a little more attainable for most is, uh, Burlington, Vermont and smugglers, Spunglers Notch in particular. Up there in Vermont, it's just going there in the fall. It's dope. The disc golf is just so good. Both of those courses are just awesome. And yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that place was a good, that, that place was fantastic. I really love being out there. Um, I got to say, um, just be just because of the opportunity to be able to travel all the way to Sweden. I mean, that was fantastic to go, go do that. Yeah. Um, and then what was the, the big event that was out there that we went to that was in, uh, that was played at Yarba. It was, it was a European oh, master European masters. Yeah. Got to go out there for that. And that was, that was awesome. That was a great time. All right, let's jump over to Jacob's question. He says, so we know that getting to the next level, uh, next level takes practice, but no one ever really talks about practice routines. They don't. We talk about it sometimes. Anyway, I feel like I'm just going practice. Yeah. I feel like I'm just going out in a field and throwing instead of having a structure that gets me results and consistency. Any advice or input or training regimes, regiments for reference, Mm -hmm. I max out at 450, but not controlled. Practice five days a week with one to one and a half hours per session. That includes 100 putts. Nice. So do you have a certain like structured routine? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So field work wise, uh, I really try and, uh, focus on like, uh, one type of shot sometimes. And if it's not one type of shot, it's, it's landing a disc in a specific spot. So, um, if, you know, choosing maybe on when you're throwing outwards, doesn't matter where you're just trying to hit good, clean lines and keep the disc straight or trying to get the disc to do what it does. But when you're throwing back is trying to put your disc near your bag, unless you have a, um, uh, unless you actually have uh, a bag itself. The other part that I think comes into to your practice routines is, uh, you know, you know, making sure you're not doing too much because it's really easy to just go and rip as far as you can, like you're t- kind of talking about. But again, you're just focusing on hyzers, throw all your disc and get them clean releases on hyzers. And that that is uh, a really important thought, uh, thought. Flex shots, if you're really working on it, maybe you take some of the understable stuff out and you put in, you know, force over flexes, you put a bunch of overstable stuff because you need to work on that type of shot because you, you see it being a, a weakness in your game. I think that's where you can get a lot out of it. Um, and there are times where I will just take my putters and mid ranges out to just do some field work. If I feel like my form is getting off, I will just go and take putters and mids and I'll throw them straight or for whatever, whatever that mold does best i will just throw them to throw them good because i'm trying to get that clean release i'm trying to build my form back up so then and then shortly after that if i'm still having issues may or i'm I'm feeling better about it i might bump up and bring some fairways to make sure things are coming out clean before i bump up to the distance drivers so that's that's one thing you can always do is if you need to if you feel like you're not making progress you can drop down to your slow speeds and really rip on those and get those clean lines let me ask you this so that's that's good practice for the physical part the throwing and everything like that is there anything you do that's intentional for the the mental side uh more preparation i guess would be is like watching videos of of the courses Mm. we're going to play and i i tend to play courses that have a lot of videos yeah uh being talked about uh or being being played uh and if you can't you know maybe having an idea because you have played there take notes 
of what you think you're going to throw until, until you go and practice and visualize yourself playing those, those holes. You don't want to do it too much because you can mentally drain your energy by mentally playing the course in your head. Cause if mm. you play it a hundred times before you step onto the course, you're on your 101st round at that course. So there, there's a level of it that you can use and use it to where you're at least giving yourself that amount of freedom, uh, and, and, uh, recovery. So, uh, I do, yeah, I do think there's a little bit of that. And honestly, make sure you're in a good mental space, just bringing yourself positivity when things are going wrong. Like I've had a couple mornings where I've woken up, spilled my coffee. Oh, something on my bag broke. Oh, I dropped this. And like, I'm just like, it's going to be one of those days, <laughs> days yeah. and and then you feel like it's going to happen on the course but it, it really doesn't matter because the moment you're out there is just just being ready to absorb the positivity trust in yourself trust in your stuff and just go send the disc it's it you'll be it'll be just fine now when you're watching when you're doing that type of prep work uh watching past events um is there any one in particular that you're like I, I like the choices he makes. And so I kind of pay more attention to that particular player. Uh, I feel like Sexton's always a golfer that you can, you can read off of. If you see him on coverage, he didn't play much last year. So you won't see him as much, but he's the type of golfer. He throws the highest percentage shot and he throws the best shot for him. He's not mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, the best discipline he's not necessarily the best putter. He's not, you know, he's one of the best forehand throwers, but he sticks to his strengths so often and he doesn't do anything, you know, over the top, which helps him stay within his game where you never see him, you know, reaching for a shot or reaching to try and make something happen. He just plays and allows the game to kind of happen and be easy for him. So that's something that I, I really take, uh, take, you know, a lot of um, knowledge from. And man, I, I let's, let's be real. If you're talking about any of the guys who had their hot, hot, uh, hot, tournaments eagle adam hammis paul Macbeth, those guys when when they just when they had it it was it was so fun to watch because you know they were really really difficult to beat and they just shred and they all have they have all, all three of those players amazing backhands amazing forehands fantastic putters it's like they just put it all together so i think that that's that's the coolest part when you get to when you get to really see all that happen and it 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 it's it can be a to touch back on to you know uh field work you can start to see the shots that they're throwing and work work that into your regiment of shots you need to be throwing as well i'm this mid flip up so i really want to work on that and drive drive my mids and really work on that flip up to, to only holding straight no turn type of discs so that helps you try and figure those types of shots out and how to throw those types of shots so yeah, that's that's one thing that I, I try and play into. But yeah, not anyone outrageously in particular, but I, I just I think I'm in that place now where I, I love disc golf so much that I just absorbing the content more than I used to where uh, it's it, I don't know, it's easy to it's easy to fall out of that. But, you know, just remember why you're going to practice yeah. and remember why you're trying to play these tournaments is that it's fun, it's enjoyable and you're getting better with every throw. All right, we're going to jump over to speak pipe. And we got this one from Tony. Let's see what Tony has to say. And I'm going to go back. Oh, go back. Tony, hey, Tony, Tony, shut up, Tony. Hey, Tony, Tony, calm down, Tony, Tony. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're back with Tony. Hi, my name's Tony, and I've been playing for about six months, and I've been throwing with mostly a flat release and changing uh, to different molds to get the shop shapes that I need. Um, but as I develop more power, I'm noticing that my stable mids, like my Fusion Emac Truth, frequently will go dead straight or even sometimes finish right slightly. Um, I don't think that I'm overpowering the discs because I'm only throwing about 225 to 250. Um, so I think the problems with my release angle. Then I noticed in Physics of Flight 501 at about 12 minutes, 32 seconds, Danny said that a flat release was more in more inconsistent than um, hyzer release. Why is that? Can you point me to some other resources that uh, better explain that? Uh, right now my form is still malleable, so um, would it be wise for me to kind of default to throwing on a slight hyzer um, whenever the shot shape allows rather than flat, or uh, should I stick to what I've been doing? Great, thanks, appreciate your answer. 
What do you got for him? Sony. This is this is a great question because uh, I think what you can you can realize is that you can change your throw and your motion and what you're doing to pull through without without actually much. You can legitimately have your shoulders come farther forward or farther forward so you're like leaning over or bending at your hips whichever you feel it makes more sense to you bending at your hips and you will go from a flat release bend at your hips now you have the disc on a hyzer release and now all you have to do is pull through the same way and you're going to going to be releasing on that hyzer so your your mechanics kind of stay the same outside of just that one shift in your shoulders or in uh the bending at your hips so that's uh one thing that i would consider I don't necessarily know the science behind the why a flat release is more inconsistent. That's, that's not my, I'm not paid to do that. I'm paid to just go throw them well. Uh, but uh, what, yeah, what I think you can do is, is work with the different angles. You will be, you will be super surprised at how much more you can do uh, with, uh, with those different angles and what discs do whenever you play a disc, super understable on a lot of hyzer watching it stand up and then appeal late and then come back and you don't realize how useful that shot will be or vice versa a super overstable disc thrown on anheuser and watching it kind of pull itself and do a, a lot of different shot shapes because sticking to one release is good as you start to learn but as you get better being able to adjust and throw the, the different releases on the fly is, is going to be really, really important for you because there are going to be plenty of times where you have to release like a, an approach on Anheuser to go around something and work back uh, towards the basket. And if you have a flat release, you're really playing on the disc and you might not be able to, to work it as much. So getting comfortable with that, I think will be good. Um, but keep playing and keep throwing. I don't think there's anything wrong um, with what you're currently doing, but you know, as you continue to get better at those angles and uh, you'll see your game go a little bit farther and maybe you'll have more fun with it too. All right. So jumping back to uh, the topic of you uh, moving over to infinite discs. Um, I know I saw a lot on social media and seeing now on the YouTube, the comments now is uh, about your bag, but first specifically Mm -hmm. any hints as to what actual bag you're going to be using to carry your discs and even talk about that or. Yeah. Uh, well, right now it's, I'm kind of lined up with, uh, trying to pick between two companies and, uh, I think I am leaning in one direction, uh, because both are amazing opportunities. Uh, they are, uh, they're just wanting to do great things for the sport of disc golf. So that's, so it's like, I can't lose here. I just, you know, want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for me. Uh, in, in the end. So uh, that news probably will be maybe just after the, maybe after the, uh, the holiday or maybe this, this week, who knows uh, whenever I do announce that. So um, lots of really cool things going on there. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of just excited to have a little starter bag, uh, infinite bag. So I'm ready to kind of have a bag that I can just load up with discs and go to the field and, and just go rip. So I think that's more what I'm excited, most excited about when it comes to, uh, the new bag option. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Okay. So back in the day, the big thing I would see a lot is People would say, throw what you know. And I would always tell that to when I was uh, working for Dynamic Discs and doing the the podcast, I would say, throw what you, you know, we're going to talk Dynamic Discs because they Mm -hmm. support the show, but throw what you know, throw what feels good to you, right? And so a lot of people would talk about the whole mixed bag. I don't know that it's a theory or a lot of people would say they play better because they can throw mixed bags. So that's kind of the the topic that's been coming up when I've seen on social media is like, wow, now Eric can pick any disc he wants. And of course you get everything from all... all, the whole spectrum too. Uh, he'll stick with trilogy discs, so that's what he's used to. No, he'll venture out because he has so many choices now. What is it about, or what? I guess, what is your mindset going into this now that you? I mean, in within trilogy, you had quite a few discs and molds to choose from, but even with all oh. that, um, there is still st- tiny little slots here and there that maybe either were missing based on someone's game. Uh, and what they like to throw. So, but kind of tell us what your mindset is going into knowing that you can choose from any manufacturer. Uh, I think the best part is that I legit have no hole in my bag. 
I can't. It's impo- it is legitimately impossible for me to have a hole in my bag. So that is amazing. The other part is, is that I can think about holes and courses that I'm going to play this year. And I can map it out of, oh, if I had this type of disc, I could attack this hole better. Now I can. And I can grab some of those and get and get ready to understand how those actually fly for me and really attack it. Because I have seen so many different players play on tour with a bunch of different plastic with brands that I've seen people do exceptional things with these often. And now I can try some of those discs and see if they do the same similar things for me. So that's a really, really great option to have. And, you know, I uh, you know, I was talking a little bit about the cast blast Berg is I might not throw a Berg for two tournaments, but when I need it, it's going to be one of the bestest I could possibly throw for a couple shots that it's, it's so it's, it's really nice to just have that in the bag and at the ready. Um, and, you know, so I used to be a more a smaller, uh, finite amount of discs. So you might see me have a bulkier bag, which, my back is going to hate me for it, but whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll ruck it and we'll, we'll get after it. Uh, but it's, it's going to be worth it because no matter what, I'll have the disc for the shot. And I think that you have maybe four or five more utility discs, and then I'll have my main staples with these, you know, five or five or so utility discs that you might not see often, but when I throw them, Oh man, it's going to be the perfect disc. So I think that that's going to be, uh, more where my bag goes and why I, I'm so excited about the mixed bag and why I think it's a good thing. It's, again, I could see, you know, oh, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be at like the woods and um, or De La Viega or something like this. So you see me, I bag two or three extra like flippy mids and flippy fairways for these techie wood shots. But then when I go out in the open, those don't make the bag and I got a couple extra overstable discs in the bag. So my black, my bag will be more uh, flexible. And that regard is that it's the same stock discs going to this tournament, going to that tournament, going to this tournament. It's just going to have these ins and outs uh, of different discs, which I'm really excited. So, um, I mean, we've talked before and I've talked to other uh, players, you know, do they adjust their bags based on the tournament, based on the course? Um, And then Mm -hmm. some, some, depending on the wind and the weather and conditions like that, there's a little bit of a change, but now that your options are even more, uh, do you think that'll happen to where literally you'll have a different bag that you play Las Vegas challenge than what you play in Vermont? Uh, I definitely, I definitely think that those, like I could see, let's use, let's use Vermont as a prime example, Fox run, and Brewster are two very different courses, mm-hmm. very wooded at Brewster, pretty open at Fox run. I see having a bag for both where, you know, some discs that are interchanged between the two, but a lot of different options uh, to make sure that I know that I have the techie wood stuff for Brewster, but I got the open bomber stuff that I can rely on for, for Fox. And I think that'll give me a lot more confidence um, knowing that I have that switch where um you know, not to say that I didn't have that at Trilogy, but it just wasn't the same because my options are a lot bigger and uh, and I can have just specific discs for specific holes a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah and, I've, and I'm, I'm assuming that obviously kind of will help with, in a sense, in your confidence level because you have just that little bit more confidence in what, what, what you just picked to throw a shot. 100%. Yeah. I'm trying to force something to work rather than this will work for that shot. Right. I think is uh, uh, something that can, can happen. All right. Let's jump back into the questions. This one is from, let's jump over to, ah, let's jump over to Andrew who says Nietzsche. <laughs> He's talking about Nietzsche. when I, when nice. I was last time when I was confused on, do you say Nietzsche or Nietzsche? <laughs> anyway, he says sanction or uh, situation. <laughs> This is a sanctioned round. He just threw, or the the situation is just threw three bad forehands in a row, but the backhand has been steady. So is it time to change the game plan to backhand only for the remainder of the round? Or do you chalk it up to natural variance and trust your forehand to perform? What factors push you one way or the other? That's an interesting question. Great. Uh, if something is working, you know, I, I, it's more specific discs for me than it is a specific shot type. Uh, because when with, with what you've practiced, 
you maybe didn't practice uh, a backhand on certain holes and it calls for a forehand. And now you might be asking more of yourself and the dangers might be heavier on the backhand where the forehand's pretty, so pretty, uh, uh, attainable. And, uh, when that happens, I don't try and, uh, throw this specific shot. I just focus on hitting one good thing that will make the shot good, not great, not amazing. Good. So if I'm having issues with the forehand and I'm walking off forehand hole where it's, it's, um, uh, you know, an easy left to right moving hole, I will say I am trying to hit the gap. Um, the gap is what I'm doing. I'm not, I don't care if it goes parks, the basket or leaves me a 50 footer. I'm hitting the gap with my forehand. Even if I turn it over and it still ended up as being a bad forehand, did I hit the gap? That's good. I'm going to get my par. I'm going to move on because I hit the gap. That, that's what I focus on for the next uh, shot that I have to throw uh, of that to help get the confidence back because you know what? I still hit the gap. That was big. Now I just need to work on it. I need to not throw it as hard this time. And then I can work on that. I know if I'm going to hit the gap, now I can adjust the power levels and, and bring it back in uh, so you don't end up uh, putting yourself in a bad spot where you're forced to throw a shot that maybe you didn't practice. So uh, I don't like to swing off of what I've practiced, even if it's not working, because the, the, the amount of good backhands, the amount of good forehands that I've thrown outweigh the amount of bad forehands and backhands that I've thrown at this point. So though it's just, a, I think it's just that, you know, just a, just a random man. Sometimes it sucks. It's going to be good. And if you trust in that, it'll, it'll pay off a lot longer, um, uh, uh, pay, pay off a lot longer in the long run. Okay. Um, a couple questions from the YouTube, uh, Eric, I know you seemed hyped about the West side bear. Do you think you'll give it a try still? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I have, in the fairway slot, I'm excited to try the Dismania CD2 again. Uh, that's one that I was really loving when I was back with them. I have the Discraft Onyx. I got the Exodus. I got the Scepter. I got the Centurion. So I got a lot of discs that are kind of flying in that same, uh, in a similar realm to what that might cover. Um, but the Bear is a very good disc, and you guys should be hyped and uh, look to support that. It's, it's super awesome. Nice. All right. We've got a hot take about forehand throws, but before we do that, we're going to do our uh, next speak pipe question. Let me set, do the right nice. settings here. And this one is from anonymous. Hey, Bobby, this is Frank de Vries from Groningen. De Vries. So I got a question about payouts. Mm. Seeing that the DGPT payouts are getting bigger and bigger by the year. Are we in Europe falling behind? Uh, are we falling behind in payouts to get players from the States over here? The uh, European Open last year, that is a major. Uh, first place price was $1,800. Uh, is that keeping players from the States at home, thinking it's not worth the trip coming over here? What are your guys' opinion about this? Thanks a lot and have a great day. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank. De Fris. Uh, now I hope I, I want to say it like that all the time. Hopefully I can say, remember the fris, the fris. Anyway. Um, I mean, that's I, obviously I don't, I'm not a professional player, so it doesn't affect me when I would travel overseas. Yeah. It was obviously all paid for. Uh, but I know that that's a sentiment that I hear about. Um, I've seen on other shows and I've actually talked to players that, um, yes, yeah, sometimes it makes it hard to justify spending all that money when there's not the return. So, yeah, I mean, is that yeah. kind of a, a sentiment that you hear as well, Eric? Well, uh, considering last year, actually, let me look up, but last year we could not even go over. So I don't think it actually kept its, um, major status. Uh, and so that affected the amount of money that they needed to bring in for that event. Um, but if you look back at the last time the European Open was a major, uh, 
uh, payout was six grand for first, $6,200, Paul Macbeth. Uh, Eagle McMahon, $4,200 for second. Um, I think as a major title, you know, you see in his crew, Yuka and everybody over there does an amazing job of making sure the European Open meets that standard. Uh, when um, the Nor- Norway DGPT, I'd assume that they would have met these same standards uh, for uh, for the DGPT and had similar on the payouts. The only way they would have accepted them as a, a DGPT event. So I, you know, maybe we'll see less. And I think another part that happens that we don't see as much of the Americans going over is because the schedule doesn't work for us to be in Europe for that long to play more events. Um, considering how it works now, I believe it's it's going to be. Hmm, let me double check, but I I think it's Idlewild. It is Idlewild. Yes, Idlewild. Week off, so off to travel to Europe, European Open, and then the following weekend after European Open, Deglo in Michigan. So we go from Burlington, Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Probably drive to Chicago, fly out of Chicago, do all the European stuff. You might get a tournament in. You might not. If you really want to push for it, you can. I'd suggest don't go visit Europe, maybe run an event that if you can help it, make it happen. Do that. Then go to European Open. Make sure you get quality practice there because it is a major and you want to be fully dialed in by the time you get play European open and then you can fly home and uh, hoof it at the toboggan and, and, you know, live on that jet lag. But uh, so I think those are some, uh, some aspects of uh, why people aren't going to, to Europe at the current state of things because of, uh, because it just doesn't work in the schedule. Um, You know, if, if we had say it was, uh, we could get two tournaments in or like it was in the past where they had two majors and, you know, consecutive weekends or close to each other over in Europe with uh, European masters and the European open yeah. that opens the door to a lot more possibilities of us being maybe in Europe for a month in future seasons, which I do see being an option uh, for something going forward. I could see worlds in Europe in, in the future. I know that's something that UC Maresma wants to see make happen. And maybe that we're coming close to that because yes, you're going to lose out on a lot of the American players to not be able to play worlds. But at the same time, we lose out on a lot of European players who don't get to play worlds every single year. And if they're going to bid for it and they're going to run a top quality event, why will hold them back? Yeah. And why wouldn't we do that? Now it's on the PDGA and who they approve. And I absolutely think they should approve a European worlds. I don't think there's any reason for us not to, I know it's hard, but if you're a true professional and you're trying to, you know, compete at, at the world stage, you will be at the world championships, no matter where it is. I agree. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, that was Tina for our audio listeners. <laughs> She's walking, she was walking by Eric. Um, cool. Uh, all right. Let's, let's test baits on our YouTube uh, watchers real quick. By the way, if you're watching YouTube and you are not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Notification Boom, bell. Uh, we need them. We're giving away a combat ranger bag once we hit a thousand subscribers. So the quicker you can get your friends to subscribe, the quicker we can give that out. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Yes, uh, right Kristen says, can y'all give a shout out to my son, Adrian, and to my daughter, Noel? Shout out, hey, Adrian. Adrian what's and Noel. up, Noel? What up? Uh, Jacob wants to know, what's your typical practice breakdown weekly? You kind of talked, talked about that earlier, right? Yeah, uh, the weekly stuff is 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 interesting, especially off-season wise. It's going to be very different. Where uh, the plan will be once once December starts, uh, and all this kind of slows down, is uh, early morning run workout, and then putting and field work, or going to play around. So I won't do mu- I won't do too much, and maybe some putting in the evening. So making sure I'm getting good quality putting in, uh, whether that's you know couple 15 minute segments or one long 30 to 40 minute segment of putting. Uh, so kind of sticking to that, I have the luxury where I don't have a nine to five and I can do that every single day. So that works. But if I was working a nine to five, I would, uh, try and get up early, get 30 to 45 minutes of field work or putting, go do it. 
go to work and then right after work, go and get as much, a little, as much as I can in, uh, before the sun goes down or even go on lunch break if you can pack a lunch. So, uh, those are, uh, some things that I really focus on. I know somebody was asking a little bit earlier about some alpacas and if Reagan van camp is still hanging around, cool alpacas coming, maybe not in the plastics that you're looking for, but definitely something on the horizon. Nice. Someone so. says, Bobby, what disc are you excited to throw in back bag now that you aren't connected with DD? Uh, honestly, I, let's see. I'm trying to think back. I used to really like, uh, the Avenger SS. Do they still make that? <laughs> Yeah, the Avenger yeah, I SS. actually need to grab some of those. That's that reminds me. I need to go, grab some of those. Uh, the Avenger. I, to, I want to try them for rollers. Yeah. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like it's what? what? I know my little you weak know, arm. No, oh yeah, you need to. No, and I'm going to use his rollers because <laughs> I'm such a big man. Oh, because you don't. Because whatever. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your, what's your favorite disc again? Oh yeah, it's understable. Cool. <laughs> that I remember. Th- I remember liking that. And I remember loving the comet. Oh, I used to love the comment. I don't know why I could super. I, of course, it's been. It's, that's the thing, though. It's been years, so maybe the Avenger S would be. Maybe I've out outthrown it, outgrown it. I don't know. I have to see. I have to see a bunch of discs. Um, interesting, though. We talked about it on an episode a while back. Was a nuke? Someone found a nuke from years ago, like years ago. Um, I might as well get out yeah. and try to throw that. See what it's see what it's all about. So um, yeah, I got to get I got to get you some of the. I got plenty of stuff that we'll send over, and we'll get Infinite to get you a little care package so you can jam on. Oh, that'd be great. Bobby Heiser's yeah. his Avengers Chaser says throw a paradox. What's a paradox? I think it's an MVP mold. Oh, it no. might be on the flippy side. Uh, John wants says, uh, do you look to disc down or try to shape a longer disc Axiom. in the woods tights, tight lines? Do you look to disc down or try to shape a longer disc in the woods or tight lines? Uh, do I look to disc down or shape longer discs on tight lines? Man, uh, I tend to disc down when I go into the woods. I can get by with my fairway drivers. I just feel like it's the, the release and the timing is, is a lot easier. Um, it's actually where I'm really liking the Onyx in that kind of hybrid driver slot. It's a 10 speed. Uh, it's really well, it's good, low power, it's good, he- heavy power. So, and, but it goes distance driver distance when you hit it hard, um, unless you're in a big open field and can rip a distance driver. Uh, so that is, if I need a little more speed, I like that in the woods. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I tend to lean on uh, disking down. Oh, do I think that that's what everybody should do? No. If you have really good timing with your your high speeds, jam on those things because there are times where you need to be able to hit that high speed disc. And uh, you know, I I, I can see myself uh, with uh, with how I'm feeling about the emperors right now. I could see myself maybe even being a little bit greasy when you go into the woods and hitting some higher speed stuff and really just sending it and see what can happen. Just send it. All right. Send it. Let's get it. Let's do our hot take real quick before we wrap up the show. This one's from Chris from Atlanta. Let's he go. says, this is a hot take and this is hot. This hot take comes in two levels, mild for amiable discussion and spicy for maximum argument potential. Here we go. Mild. When looking to add a forehand to their game, players should be throwing understable discs, not overstable ones. Understable discs will teach you good technique and touch and touch instead of making or masking your flaws. Plus touch is usually mm-hmm. more important for anything other than a massive power forehand tee shot. Spicy. Or you want to do that? The You want to take on that first or? Yeah, let's hit it because I, I, it's the way I teach people to throw forehands is that oh. you can do a lot more with understable than you can with overstable. You can make a disc fly the same uh as an overstable disc if you control the angles and match the speed with you know you only have to throw it as hard and you get similar distance so that's absolutely right now anybody who's first picking up the game can throw an overstable forehand forced over and it flexes out and it goes farther than anything else they can throw because it doesn't take much to do that so if that's the only forehand you have you need to go practice you need to go work at it because Whoa. you have a one-dimensional forehand and you're, you're one going dimensional. to get bit. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm keeping it real. I learned from you. <laughs> so why do you think it is? Is it an ego thing that people don't get oh, yeah. understable discs? 
Dude, how, how many times have you heard somebody say, and again, I'm going to offend plenty of people when they listen to this, is that, oh, it just gets just not overstable enough for my forehand. I just, <laughs> you know, I can't throw those because it just doesn't work for my forehand. No, your forehand doesn't do enough for you. That's why you're having issues. And that's why you can't find this. Yes, that lucid, the OptoX stiletto <laughs> monster or Firebird or whatever you're throwing, all tilts are just not overstable enough for me it's like no that's when you have the problem and you need to work at it because when it comes down to it you can't have a one-dimensional forehand because the moment you get put in a situation where you have to hit a tight gap with touch and control the speed you can't do it you can't do it and most of those forehands move a lot laterally those those forehands have a lot of swing left and then a lot of for a right-handed forehand player so there's more often than not, when you're in the woods, there's trees on the left and there's trees on the right. So if you didn't hit the trees on the left, you're going to hit the trees on the right. So being able to control a disc, you know, from a hyzer flip is is one of the more uh, beneficial uh, beneficial discs. And that's a great point in the chat, Reese Powell. That's not a forehand disc. I I love hearing that because whenever I talk about the claymore in my bag. I talk about it as like, this is one of the best forehand discs I've ever thrown. And people are like, you forehand a claymore? And it's like, yes, it's so controllable. It's got great torque resistance. It just handles. I put a little slight hyzer on it and it goes dead straight. It gets me out of so much trouble. The claymore over the, over my time uh, with Trilogy Plastic, I, I think it saved the claymore saved me as much as the justice did. And we're talking about totally different discs. Those discs saved me more strokes than most discs in my bag. And now I learned to throw both of them. And now I'm not saying you shouldn't have that force over forehand because it is important to have. But if you want to actually elevate your game, you need to learn with that understable stuff. And, you know, when it calls for it, use that force over. If, if you don't need that, throw that force over all day. Get your birdie, move on. But if you're in a spot where it the force over could get you in trouble, learn to control that thing, man. Put it under the basket with some nice touch and let it sit nicely. That's when you're that's when you're 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 cooking with fire at that point. Love it. Cooking with gas. Love it. All right, let's see if his spicy hot take is spicy. If you only throw forehands with firebirds, felons, destroyers, destroyers, etc., in a big flex line you can't actually throw hands throw forehands well you don't have too much power and snap for other discs you're just bad at throwing forehands you have a technique problem not a disc problem that's kind of what you were describing isn't it my boy he knows he's got it so it's not really it's not it's not really a hot it's a hot take in the sense that people don't follow he's just keeping it real right people don't follow this thinking why again is it is it an ego thing or is it an ignorance thing they just don't know that's just the way they see people do it so that's what they do i think it's i think it's a little bit of both because uh what happens a lot is when you look at a pro's bag it tends to lean more on the stable to overstable side almost all discs there's very few understable stuff and you don't really hear somebody talking about it talking about like a leopard being this nice, you know, controlly understable disc that they throw, right? They talk about the four, firebird for their forehand. They talk about whatever, a raptor for their forehand. They talk about, you know, Zeus for their forehand. And that's actually, those are on the overstable side. So I think that that's why is that they see the pros do it. So they think they should do it. But most of those pros who are saying that can forehand an Avenger SS can forehand a leopard can forehand these flippy discs that, uh, that are in their bag when they need to most players can. And, you know, and if they can't, they've, they've figured something else out for that, for those, whenever they run into those situations. So it's, um, it's again, you need to, you need to diversify your game. You need to challenge yourself to take every single year, every single disc in your bag, Throwing it on highs, like a lot of hyzer, a little bit of hyzer, flat, a little bit of anhyzer, tons of anhyzer, and see what they do. You need to be able to trust your disc from every possible angle, overhands, like scoobies, whatever. Because the moment you do that, now you're now you're not going to be in a situation where you feel handcuffed. You know, you're able to throw something to make something happen. And if that something is just pitching out to lay up to throw throw a better shot from the next spot 
awesome. That's great. But you feel ready for whatever shot that, that comes your way. That, that I think is the most important thing uh, to, to take from all is, you know, be able to, to adjust and, and make those things happen. All right. So not so much a hot take on these, just kind of facts, but uh, good stuff to talk about and good stuff for people to learn. <laughs> just just point people's flaws. I love it. I know. Also, a uh, different, you know, news, news type of thing. Uh, PDGA announced Jeff Jaqua, the tournament director of the Las Vegas Challenge, that he is now the director of competition. Oh wow! And he's going to be overseeing. He's going to be overseeing a lot of the majors and uh, potential future uh, PDGA events, which I think is a great call. Uh, I have my issues with Jeff, if we're being real. I do not love that the Las Vegas Challenge has continued to be three courses over four days. I understand he's trying to fit more people in and he's doing it for more of his club and doing those things. It's still a very well-run tournament. It's very professional. So when it comes down to it, he runs a great event. I just have one qualm. Stop playing three courses and stop playing triple <laughs> islands, but whatever. And it, it, he's heard plenty of it. And I, the more I say it, it doesn't matter because what I've, what I've realized is that I'm going to keep showing up to Las Vegas. I enjoy it. It's a great practice. It's great it's a great warm up for the year and he does. And I know that the event is good. So it's, it's hard to pass on that. So hopefully, hopefully what we can see with Jeff taking over this position is that anything that has been taken, that is under the PDJ's umbrella going forward, you know, some of the masters events, U uh, S women's different things like that, that he's, you know, pushing the the events to a higher level and the pro tour being involved as much as they are that also pushes it to to another level as well so that cohesive unit will uh, likely create a a far better standard for what we expect from every single event so when we go to these majors we can expect them to be disc golf pro tours or better because they're majors and we know that that's uh something uh uh, that we can all be excited about. So I think that that's um, fantastic to, to see. And uh, I, I'm hyped for him. And if Jeff, if you ever listen to this podcast, please play, have the pros play two, two courses at Las Vegas. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Out. Peace. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Eric, for joining us on this episode. That's all the time we have for this particular episode. Um, yeah, we went through all the questions and everything. So, yeah. So Got it. what is on your agenda for this week? What, what can we go? What can we look forward to on your social medias or what you got going on? Tons of stuff. So, uh, we have the 24 hour charity stream starting this Friday. It's black Friday on Friday, 5 PM central standard time. We are going live. We are doing a 24 hour charity stream for team C's. If you haven't heard about team C's, they are trying to clean up 30 million pounds of plastic out of the ocean and from uh, beaches. Oh, wow. And they have a, a great initiative. It's, it's fantastic. It hits home for Tina and I being that we, you know, we love, you know, being in Florida, huge, uh, fact that you know we well whale sacks and and all these things so it fits very closely into what we're doing it's amazing so every one dollar that we raise goes it's one pound of plastic in the ocean or from the beaches that's it's super cool so tune into that we have thousands of dollars in giveaways at that stream and we're our goal is to raise five thousand dollars so we're really hoping we can hit that number and maybe go beyond which would be fantastic we would we love any and all support again Infinite Disc, I think, put a $20 coupon on every single hour. On top of, we have so many others who are donating product and opportunity and all these cool things uh, to, the, to each hour. So every single hour, there's a giveaway. Even at 3 o'clock in the morning, we're giving away something. So please come in, tune in, get, tell your friends to donate. It'll be awesome. Uh, uh, morning coffee tomorrow. I'll be uh, Twitch streaming just to do, you know, uh, my normal World of Warcraft stuff. So make sure you guys follow us there. Uh, I will, I think I'm going to start my building the bag series here mm. soon, which is something that I am doing with, with moving to infinite is a building the bag series where I talk about putters. I talk about, you know, putters on, you know, uh, or approach discs, mid ranges, to fairway drivers, to uh, distance drivers. Uh, and maybe even, I might mix a couple more in there because I think there could be some videos that could go into two. Um, so that's going to be a really fun one where I'll cap it off after a month of after I've built the bag, 
what actually is in the bag after a month getting into the going into the season. So lots of cool stuff there. On top of that, we'll probably be filming. I know Erica Stinchcomb is coming into town. Thomas and Peter will hopefully try and get a video with them while we can. Missy Gannon will be joining us in January. Tons of stuff will be happening via our channels, their channels, and and just about anything. And we're going to keep doing Disc Golf Answer Man. So everybody who's here should be liking, commenting, and subscribing to whatever we're doing. Share it around. Let people know all the good things we're talking about. I probably missed something, but we have a lot going on. And I'm so thankful for this man right here, Mr. Bobby Brown. I'm so thankful Let's for go, you. Bro. Yes, we. I get uh, DMs all the time. People loving the interviews that we're doing on the Disc Golf Answer Man show. If you're not, if you haven't gone back to past episodes, we did some incredible interviews with Robbie C. Disc Golf. He's got an incredible uh uh, tutorial channel uh, for disc golf. And then uh, let's see if I can say it right. John Berzerno. Berzerno. Uh, he started a, a company called, uh, uh, oh gosh, Pacific. Cons- now I feel like a jerk. Pacific Consulting. Um, I have terrible memory. But yes, we did a, uh, a he, let's see. Let me make sure I get it right. Make sure I got it right. I think that is. So anyway, he uh, go listen to that episode where he talks about uh, he consults with people. He had a lot of people reaching out, asking for advice on uh, building a disc golf community in their area to building, designing a course to marketing, promoting your course. So reach out to him, had a great conversation with him. So go back and listen to that episode as well. Let's see. Uh, Yeah. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you to our Patreon supporters as well. I'm going to get, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to get off, edit this together and push it out for audio for our Patreons. Um, Otherwise you can catch it on Wednesday morning. If you want to hear the audio version, we'll talk to you guys later. Hey guys.